some of you may or may not know that um, I spent most of the week in Seattle. Uh, my mom has cancer and was diagnosed in November. And on Monday, <clears throat> I'd intended to go up and see her. Got a call from my brother on Friday. Said, you know, you may want to try to get up and see mom. She's been going through chemotherapy. And uh, on my way up, I got a phone call from my sister. And she said, uh, you know, where are you? Because mom is in the emergency room. And she had a bad reaction to some medication. And they weren't sure, actually, that she was going to make it through the day. She did. And, uh, and she's actually doing quite well. But we had to make some very difficult decisions as a family. And I don't know about your families, but, you know, um, most of our families are a bit on the dysfunctional side. And so... You kind of wonder, you know, is it going to be worse to deal with my mother who may be dying or my family who, you know. But even that was, was a good thing. Uh, I returned on Wednesday night late, and, uh, and I called Andy, and I said, you know, Andy, I, I'm not ready to start this series on community. Um, and uh, he said, well, I've, I've kind of been thinking about that and didn't think that you probably would be. So had planned something else, which, you know, I really appreciate. But uh, he said, I, I think it would be good if you, you know, at least offered a, um, some thoughts on, a, on a, a theme that I have in mind. And I actually think this is a wonderful thing. I just want to talk very briefly for a few minutes this morning. But I want to read what may be a very familiar parable to some of you. Maybe some of you have never heard this. It goes like this. Anyone who listens to my teaching, Jesus said, and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, appropriate language for our weather these days, and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on a rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. After Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught as one who had real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious Law. Well, I was reminded again this week that foundations are important. They're not only important when we're buying homes, which a number of you are doing. And uh, I remember when Darlene and I were looking for one of our first homes, um, we saw some homes that looked beautiful on the outside. And uh, this one home in northeast Portland was gorgeous, and we couldn't believe it was in our price range. And uh, you're already laughing. And it had a basement in it. And so we went down into the basement, and here was this foundational wall that was just literally crumbling all over the floor. It had been painted, but it couldn't hide the water damage and the problem. And uh, it was very disappointing because everything looked so great on the outside. You know, it looked like uh, this was the place. This was the one we wanted. It was just right. We could afford it, but the foundation was literally rotten. And um, I was reminded how important foundations are as we consider how we're going to live our lives, how we intend to live our lives. When we come to the end, and some of you sitting out here this morning, you know, that, that is a distant thought. Or even your parents are probably my age. And you're wondering, you know, uh, what's that like? But I know some of you sitting out here this morning have been through this with parents. When you come to the end, it seems to me that the only thing that really matters is the foundation on which we've built our lives. It's the only thing. <laughs> Everything else is really irrelevant at that point. When I looked at my mom 
in that hospital bed, and I thought, you know, nothing else matters except this relationship. And my family was there, and my dad. That's what matters most. And her faith. Everything else seemed irrelevant. Our material possessions, our honors, our accolades, our trophies, all the things that we accumulate throughout our lives are good in some cases, but not ultimately the most important thing. My mom, her faith in Christ is what matters most. It's what has sustained her. It's what she has built her life on. It's what she's passed on to us. And I will be grateful uh, forever to her for that. Well, this parable that I read for you, Jesus talks about foundations. He talks about wise and foolish builders, but he talks about foundations, and actually he's teaching us what it means to build one's life on a solid foundation, what that looks like. He's telling us that only when our lives are built on him and on his teaching will we be able to withstand the storms and the difficulties and all the stuff that will surely come our way. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's only when we are in Christ and we follow him and we trust him with our lives that we can get through some of the things that we face. So what does it mean to build our lives on him? What does it mean to make him the foundation of our lives? What in the world does that really mean? Two things in this passage. Two things. Two seemingly simple things. And the first one is this. We need to listen to him. We need to listen to him. We need to give Jesus a fair hearing. Anyone, he said, who listens to my teaching. Too many of us, too many followers of Christ never really listen to Jesus. Far too many of us don't really know what Jesus said or what the church teaches. We don't pray, most of us. We don't really read the Bible with an ear to hear what God has to say to us. Many of us can't pay attention for more than about five minutes. And honestly, some of us are just simply disinterested because we don't see the relevance of whatever it is that we're talking about to our own lives. We tend to make a lot of assumptions. We tend to base what we believe on what we hear from other people or what we pick up at seminars that we go to. And we don't really understand Christ and his church. And sometimes these assumptions we make are simply incorrect, wrong, bad information. All of us. Every one of us needs to carve out time, certainly, to listen. But here's the thing. If this God that we worship, the one that we've sung about and talked about this morning, is really as big as we say, as we declare, then this God speaks to us in a variety of ways, day in and day out. It's not just in a 10-minute quiet time, although God does speak to us in those times. God is constantly trying to get our attention. Sometimes I have this picture of God just kind of taking us by the shoulders and saying, listen to me. Do you ever do this with your kids? Listen to me. I have something important to tell you. Listen to me. We need to seek him out. We need to turn to him when things are good and when times are difficult. We need to ask for his guidance, and then we need to really listen to what he says to us. We rattle off this litany of requests, and then we go on our way. And then we need to do one other thing. Perhaps the hardest thing, we need to obey him. How do you like that that language, obey language? 
We need to do what he tells us to do. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me, does what I ask them to do, is wise. Building our lives on Christ, making him the foundation of our lives, is all about obedience and doing what he asks us to do. I was sharing with the teachers this morning, and one of them said, well, yeah, that's true, but there's so many other things to do. And saying yes to Christ may mean that we have to say no to some other things, and that's difficult. And there's some other things that seem much more compelling, don't they? Much more exciting. But here's the thing. Knowledge always needs to lead to action. Theory must always lead to practice. Theology must intersect on some level with our lives. And our heads must connect with our hearts. There's little use in seeing a doctor if we don't act on his or her advice. This is what you need to do to get well. And we say, thank you very much. I agree with your diagnosis. Now, I'll do my own thing. What good is it to seek marriage counseling if you fail to do what the counselor asks you to do? Go home and do these things. We go, well, that sounds good. Why believe in Jesus Christ and not do anything that he asks us to do? Why not make any effort to put into practice what we hear and what we know to be true? And this is exactly what all of us do. We are long on right belief in this culture, on correct doctrine, and we are short on obedience and doing what God asks us to do. We can shake our heads and say, Amen. Good word, Pastor. I love the content of that sermon. And then we walk out the doors, me included, and we forget what we heard. What would happen, as George MacDonald asked one time, if we did one thing One thing that God asks us to do, one thing, we could change the world. I agree with this statement. Christ should not simply be admired, but more importantly, obeyed. We admire Christ. Lots of people admire him. Few people obey. Obedience to Christ, doing what he tells us to do, is the only sure foundation for life. I believe that now more than ever. It's the only thing that will last And as Jesus tells us in this parable, it is wisdom. It is wisdom to build your life on Christ. And it's Christ's promise that a life founded on obedience to him is ultimately safe and secure. No matter what happens, no matter what storms come in, no matter what difficulties we face, make Jesus Christ your foundation. Build your life on him in his teaching, follow him and serve him. Amen.